Welcome to Everything 3P. And today we have Christine Gable. I am excited to have Christine on the show because I've worked with her over the course of the last year and a half. And Christine is the CEO of Beach Tree Trading, a very successful third-party seller. Christine, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Maurice. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoy working with you and with Dave. You have helped us so much over the past year. I look forward to talking more about 3P issues. (laughs) The beauty of it is the type of education or actually the type of learning that you you can share. You've shared your history of Beach Street Trading, how it was started. And I think a lot of audience members, especially those just starting out, uh, are wondering, how in the world do I get involved in, in these things? And uh, I am interested, if, if you wouldn't mind, how did you get started in third-party selling? And uh, subsequently, what are some of the challenges that come along with that? Does that work? That works. I'll tell you, you know, like all great, I think a lot of great business ideas, um, they just sort of happen uh, sort of spontaneously. I, I did not set out to become a third-party seller on Amazon. It happened because I had some books to sell and I was cleaning out and moving. And I had accumulated many bookshelves full over the years. And I went to a a local bookstore, actually several, and tried to find uh, someone who wanted them. And they were cherry-picked by a couple of the bookstores. And then I still had hundreds in my car. And (laughs) I was like, what am I going to do with these? They seemed like they were too good to just take, you know, to donate and, or, to, you know, trash even. So yeah. one of my friends said, did you ever think about selling them online? And that sounds really funny now, but I hadn't thought of it and I, I investigated it. And so I, I did list them on Amazon and they sold within days. I mean, it was amazing to me and it lit a fire under me. I actually started searching for used books at thrift shops and over the next couple of years, one thing led to another. I just was a used bookseller and I ended up with like six, 7,000 books in the basement. Oh on the, <laughs> um, the business truly, truly did start in a corner of my bedroom. It expanded uh, to fill a 1200 square foot basement. And we were shipping a lot of books every day. And, um, At that time, I was also a recipe developer and a freelance writer, and I was looking to boost my income. I mean, when you're working like that, you know, who can't use a little more money? And that was when I sort of stumbled upon other products on Amazon. Like people were selling other things. And I was like, well, I wonder if food products and snack foods would do well. That sounds crazy now because we're so used. I mean, now we get grocery delivery. Now we order everything on Amazon. But then, you know, you couldn't you didn't find them in the same way. And I'm here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So we have pretzels and lots of snack foods. And I just started testing them and purchasing them directly from the manufacturer or the company and saying, Hey, we want to sell these on Amazon. And they're like, okay, you know, they didn't know anything about it or how to handle it. So one thing led to another sales increased dramatically. Um, and that was at the time Amazon in, actually sent out an invitation to nice. uh, participate in the FBA program, fulfilling fulfillment by Amazon. And again, that was something new to wrap my head around, you know, where you're shipping product into the warehouses and then they're fulfilling it for you. And we tried it, you know, we figured it all out, the printing of the labels, the dating of the perishable products. Um, and so we brought product in 
to, it was still in my home at that time in the basement um, and packaged it and shipped it out to the Amazon warehouses. And we worked directly with the manufacturers and they knew that we were selling on Amazon. So one thing led to another. Uh, we grew. Uh, my son came to me one day and said, can you hire me, mom? So he was my first uh packager and and employee and it helped us grow i mean that's like when i realized the power of having someone who can help you and efficiently and grow and so we grew to the point where we needed to move out of the house because it just really doesn't work to have tractor trailers coming (laughs) to your home (laughs) in the country and um so we grew to the point now we are in a commercial warehouse we have four thousand square feet and we purchase direct, we work as a single authorized seller for the companies that, that know that we are selling in their products on Amazon. And um, we have six employees currently at this time. Wow. Now you were, you had mentioned growth and I find that interesting, especially for those that are just getting started in this game. I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that you needed to consider as you started to grow exponentially And then one of the things too is how did you deal or not deal, but how did you work with Amazon? It's a very powerful tool uh, as we discussed before, but how did you then uh, mesh into that, that ability for Amazon to really explode? You explained some of that, but I'm just wondering if you could go into more detail with that. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, Maurice, there, there was not a plan going into this. This was truly <laughs> flying by the seat of your pants and testing. It was testing what worked and going where the doors opened. Um, and really in order to stay in business and to build a profitable, successful business, that's what you have to do. Right. Um, you had asked me about the challenges that we faced and as we grew, as sales increased, as we saw that people, yes, they did want to purchase these products, um, we, were, we were moving a lot. I mean, we could be selling, this sounds crazy, but you can sell $10,000 worth of pretzels, just one or two varieties in a month. And you can keep several packagers busy, just packaging pretzels and getting them prepped <laughs> and shipped to the Amazon warehouses. So the biggest challenge was when our sales really started to take off, other sellers saw that, they discovered it. Yep. And when products are easily available through a distributor, they're, if they're nationally distributed and you can walk into sometimes a grocery store and you can find products, of course, you're going to have other people wanting to make some money off those listings. Yes. So the first inklings, and this was still when I was in the house, was we would have other third-party sellers uh, list on our listings, listings that we created, uh, that the manufacturer knew we created. Um, and, and what happened was we were competitively selling. We started, that's where the competition came in. The biggest challenge is when other sellers hop onto your listing and they keep that product in stock and they undercut you on the price. There is going to be a point in time at which that product is no longer profitable and you have to decide, you have to step away from it. So that has been the number one biggest challenge in, in this business and in staying in business. And it's been scary at times because we have had products that were moving a lot of volume that became unprofitable 
and we had to stop selling them. And we had it happen. I, I distinctly remember it was with three uh, very uh, high sales volume products that we had to step away from. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, financially very scary because I am a sole owner of this company and I am wholly invested in it. And it is my, (laughs) it is my livelihood. But then when you have other people that you've hired as well, you know, it's their livelihood as well. So yes, yes. Through a lot of, through, through that, I figured out, I I was sort of trying to figure out how can you make this work on Amazon? You know, there's gotta be a way to make this work. And so through our relationships with several of the companies here in Lancaster County, uh, very good business owners, they've, you know, they have a popular product. They were selling their products in some cases in their own online store, in other cases, only in a brick and mortar. Through working with them and through their willingness to say, yes, you are the only people we are going to have selling our product on Amazon, we figured out the magic. It's kind of like a magic formula of success for on Amazon. And, and it is that very thing where you only have a single authorized seller and you also work on having your pricing congruent um, across your marketplaces. So through a lot of um, trial and, and error and figuring out, you know, what is success on Amazon, how to create a product listing, how to get it in front of the people that want to buy it. But then also the other side of it is you can meet with a lot of success there, but if you can't maintain that success, um, you're going to be either going out of business or constantly chasing after a new product that you, that's a high volume seller and also competing with other third-party sellers, which is not a winning long-term business solution. Sure thing. <laughs> no. Well, you know, you brought up something that I found interesting is you got to know when to step away at times. And you, you talk about the intimidation of that particular factor, but how did you overcome that initial trepidation uh, of, of leaving something? I mean, this is hot, man. This has built our business. This is taking us to another level, but by golly, it's no longer valid. <laughs> what, what did you go through? I, what was what was your thinking and uh, of how to how to go to the next step, identifying that opportunity? What how how can others mimic what you did? Not to give away your secret sauce or anything, right? But uh, how, are, how yeah. do you do that? Uh, there are no secrets, Maurice. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I I do not want other third-party sellers or other small business owners to have to struggle through that phase of it to figure it out. It's not hard to figure it out. To answer your first question, um, it's all in the numbers. Mm -hmm. You're only going to stay in business if you know your numbers and you have the cash flow, first of all, because if you don't have the cash flow and you can't maintain that end of it, you're not going to be able to continue. Um, So it's very obvious if you know your numbers and what your profitability level needs to be on every single SKU, when that SKU becomes unprofitable, um, there's going to be some decisions made because you either have to keep being able to purchase that product and say, okay, I'm going to sell it at a loss 
how long can you sell it at a loss? So that piece of it is really, really important. You have to know your numbers. Um, having a good accountant, uh, we actually have two accountants. And again, this was through trial and error. I, I started the business as a sole proprietor, not knowing um, that it would grow, you know, we would be able to grow and stay yeah. in business. So I started with my, my small town CPA and he got me to a certain point. And when we, we started to hit some um, inventory management is also very, very important, not only with what you have in your, your own location, either your home or your own warehouse, but also in Amazon. So at that point in time in having to figure out some of the numbers and the inventory issues and the tax issues, we changed to a different accounting firm. And I also was introduced to, I call him my Amazon CPA. Um, he helps us with all of our accounting and bookkeeping. Right. And we got everything nailed down to the point where to the penny, we know the numbers on everything as far as inventory here, inventory in the Amazon warehouses, what's profitable, what's not. And that is like ripping the blinders off because if you think, <laughs> yeah. if you think, you know, it can be very intoxicating to get those Amazon payments every other week. Right. And, you know, you start, you start hitting levels, you know, 1000, 2000, you know, even just as the part-time income, that's very exciting to have that money coming in yes. and it can get cloudy because you can get, you start adding more products. You start, and, and even if you start paying part-time packagers to help you, that piece of it where you might think that you're growing and you might think that you're profitable, but if you don't have the nitty gritty accounting records and you don't have all the detail, <laughs> you're just ultimately fooling yourself for a period of time. Um, yep. And that is what will clarify what products you continue to stock. Yeah. Yep. And you know, you bring up a very important point because this is true across the board. When, when people become very successful, they become very lax if they don't have those measures in place. Right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That is some that that's some great feedback. I, I I appreciate that. Well, the other thing too is the way that we had met is, of course, you where we get to be the bad guys every once in a while, and we there are those times when there have to be actions against unauthorized sellers. And what I have found a number of times is they don't. Oftentimes, people don't even know what they're not authorized to sell and such. And there are other other types of things that people need to be aware of. And in your experience as a, as a, a successful third-party seller, what are some of those things that future and current third-party sellers should be aware of to ensure that they're not only protected, but that they can continue to run uh, their business? Sure, yeah, Amazon has put a lot more uh, safeguards in place and because of the growth of the third party sellers and because of they've, they've uh, changed their tune a little bit. Amazon has over the last few years. Now they're truly, truly supporting the growth of small businesses. And to that end, they're supporting the brands and they're supporting the third party sellers. So in that way, they've um, the brand registry uh, is for, I guess, more protection for brand owners where if you have an active trademark, you can register it and no one else can sell that product. 
Um, there are a lot of, as far as barcoding requirements, if your product isn't registered with the GS1 system, uh -huh. when you go to enter it into Amazon, it will kick it back. They will actually link it. Um, we've, we've had it happen on a few products. Um, we do have our own brand now and we have, um, we are going to be registering it on Amazon. And it's interesting as I see this has evolved where it used to be that you could just buy barcodes off eBay and list products. So there's different safeguards like that in place. Um, there's so much information available and you know, Seller University is something that Amazon offers and they've added a lot of videos, but there's a lot of information. There's just a lot to know. And I find that's one of the things that people come to us and they often feel overwhelmed by all of it. And if this is brands and small business owners and companies that have a product that they could sell on Amazon to boost their bottom line. And it's also third-party sellers because it's like, oh, you know, this has changed and you never know. Like every week there's usually a few changes or a few updates with Amazon. And it's like that day one philosophy that they talk about. Um, yeah. I think Amazon has been so successful because they can they adapt and change quickly. And I, that can sometimes be frustrating um, right. to everyone dealing in it. Um, I, that's one of the things I always ask staff members here uh, before we, we hire them or before they come to work with us is how do you feel about change? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> because great you, question. you have to embrace change uh, to, to stay in business and to work with Amazon. Um, it's the nature of the business and especially e-commerce, you know, now with everything that's just yeah. taken off even yeah. more so, I think in the past year. It is funny because I was reading something, it was a quote and they were arguing who the quote was from, but it was attributed to Stephen Hawking and they were talking about intelligence and uh, intelligence typically is, you know, the acquisition uh, and then uh, the ability to utilize knowledge. And, and then, then it was said that uh, Mr. Hawking had said that, no, it's the ability to adapt to change. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is true intelligence, uh, at least from a business side of it, is because, holy moly, a, a year ago, could we have ever imagined COVID and then the, the ramifications on businesses and talk about change? I mean, how did, did, how did that impact your business? Uh, something, something like, I mean, you had to change, right? And, but you already had so many things in place. Uh, what were some of the changes that you had to consider when, when that all came about? Well, we um, had to learn how to adapt quickly to sudden growth because uh, we had a uh, very, very high demand for orders. And so I say a couple of us actually found out what is humanly possible to accomplish <laughs> in the days and weeks. <laughs> so it got us to think about how um, we each need to have uh, very clear uh, job responsibilities and descriptions and know what our maximums are, because then we know when to bring someone else in to help, uh, because it really, you can only do so much. Um, I think the one thing that really, really was clarified over the past year, and this also comes from some of what Napoleon Hill has taught in his books. Uh, the, one of them is the law, laws of success, and that is to it's so important to think accurately. Mm -hmm. 
And I think about that often with, with business and with the numbers and with knowing is you can have a lot of information coming at you from the media. This, this year has been an excellent example Oh yes. of, <laughs> of uh, what you focus on expands. Yeah, that's a great saying. What you focus on expands. Love it. We'll keep going. I'm sorry. I had to interject. No, you're all good. You're good. And, and each one of us is an individual that has a choice every minute, every hour, every day of what we choose to think. There's really only one thing you can ever control or have control over in this world. And that, that, that's the thoughts that you think in your own head. Yes. And we, we make choices as to what we focus on. Mm-hmm. And I for us in this business and for me, I think the past year has been a dramatic, a very compelling example that has been broadcast worldwide about how that works. So, you know, each day it all comes back to what we do in our lives and in our businesses in every way. And are we thinking accurately? Um, you have to sift through the information and filter through it and decide what you're going to do with it in your own life and in your own business. Um, one of the things that has been very important to me is to support small business. And I have a couple webinars I was invited to speak on. They're on the resources page of our Beach Tree Trading website. Right. And it's how any business can benefit from Amazon. And, and Amazon is not something to be feared. Mm-hmm. And also the other side of that is the, the third party sellers, you know, as these, uh, as Amazon cracks down and says, you know, you're not allowed to list these products. You can no longer, you know, maybe take for granted that retail arbitrage is always going to bring you in, a, you know, a thousand or a couple extra thousand a month. What are you going to do? You know, if, if you're, you know, Amazon, you know, the ins and outs, how are you going to continue to support and grow your business? And the, and the, that the key to that, Mm-hmm. is to work directly with small businesses and manufacturers and brands. And there are so many that need help. I mean, yes. they often are overwhelmed. Even if they have an e-commerce manager, mm-hmm. they don't know Amazon. They don't know the policies. They have questions, so many issues. And the third-party sellers are the ones that know that. So yeah. I, just, I just think if they can connect, the, the third-party sellers connect with the, the companies and the brands because we've had a lot call us and I'm telling and it's not people we can't help everyone sometimes they're in different categories they may be selling garden fertilizer and right auto parts yes know? yes yeah, well you know you bring up something else though uh there's that that there's a scope of a of a given third party domain what as it creeps <laughs> when that scope creep comes into play what are some of the dangers instead of focusing on something that is specific because you've you've had to turn down uh, uh some uh, some of these uh these uh, manufacturers and these 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 brands so how do you decide i know you said focus but how, how would someone start now go oh yes i want that 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 and that <laughs> What, what, what would your advice be to someone that would want to grab everything and all of a sudden they're way out of scope because they're trying to cover too many things and it's just not sustainable. 
Well, I would say go to what you truly love. I mean, everyone has, we all have interests that fascinate us. You know, for me, it tends to be in the the food, the snack food, the recipe development category. And so that is naturally where I first, I mean, after books, after we got out of the used books and I started experimenting with snack foods, I find that for us, that is the most successful area. And everyone that works here we, we just like that, you know, that, that it gives us energy. So wh- what gives you energy? Like, what do you like to spend your time on? Everyone has interests and you can't do it all, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it's like my son, my son, you know, he does auto repair and he has a, a technical mechanical brain that just blows my mind. But, you know, it's like, if he was going to do something on Amazon, what would he sell? Sell what you know. Do what you know, because everyone else can benefit from it. Um, and you, you know, know what? I, I'm, I'm sorry to uh, no, interrupt you there, but that is one thing that I've noticed about you and working with you is not only are you invested or vested rather in, in the brands that you carry, but you are, you are really one of their greatest ambassadors. You have introduced me <laughs> to a number of different pretzels and and <laughs> foods that are absolutely delicious i would have never have known but because you had a passion for those things and that you spoke to that brand it was amazing and as a result i'm passing on the word so it does it definitely goes beyond just the amazon when you do something you love you really start to become that ambassador that becomes a multiplier right so well, it just makes life more fun, Maurice. I mean, you know, I think it's it, life is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to enjoy what we're doing. Um, and I would work, work can be fun. You know, if you're working with great people and you're doing things that you like, it can give you energy. It's Yes, that's, that's what I hope for, for people. And, and I just, I think Amazon has so much, they've, if you've ever have a chance to tour a warehouse, do it. It is mind blowing when you actually get to see the logistics that they put in place for everyone to use. Um, you know, every, every business can have a product on there. You have customers that love your products. Like why not make it more widely available? I love it. No, you, you've actually opened my eyes to a, a whole, whole nother uh, plane because of course we, we service a lot of, all the, a lot of big brands. And a lot of times we forget that there are so many other smaller brands too, that could benefit from, from a third party seller. Uh, great, great stuff. <laughs> well, uh, we only have a couple minutes, but what I'd like to do is for those that are, thinking about third party, third party selling or becoming a third party seller. What are some of the, what are a couple basic steps that they could take to take away the intimidation of beginning a process like this? You alluded to some of those things earlier in the podcast, but I'm just wondering if this was Christine starting all over again, what would, let's say the top three things uh, be that you would, we, that you would advise. So first of all, I would say sign up for a Seller Central account. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. And you that will give you access to Seller University. And find out how Amazon works. Watch the videos. Read the basics about how you get started. And then think 
um, there's, there's probably something in your life that, that you enjoy doing or a product that maybe you have purchased it locally or you purchase it from an online store and then do some research and search on Amazon. Is that product available on Amazon? Is that brand or that company selling on Amazon? And then uh, start to crunch the numbers. I'd say that would be the, the next one where um, you could reach out to the company and say, would you consider selling this product on Amazon? I was doing some research and I would be interested in helping you with that. And then it's a numbers conversation. And then it's uh, building a relationship where if they want to work with you, you meet, you, you figure it out. But really, first, you want to educate yourself how Amazon works and then see <laughs> there's so many openings. I mean, there is just the sky is the limit with what they're what they've put into place. Um, and anything that's any product that anyone wants in their life that could be shipped on Amazon could be sold by a third party seller, you know, working with a brand, working with a company. Yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And there's so many, so many stones that are, have been left unturned, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, Christine, I know we could talk on and on and on, and I have a feeling we're going to have to have you back. <laughs> because you, you have such great wisdom in this space. And I, I'd like to ask you, would you be willing to come back and do this again? <laughs> sure, Maurice. Anytime, let me know. Um, I, I don't know that, I, I don't know how much more we would talk about things, but I mean, maybe just we could, if we could somehow share some resources, um, I know I have a resource page on our website Yes. and um, find your seller, you know, the, the, da the database hub of connection between brands and third-party sellers that we are building um, would be great to connect more people with that, to help them. I like it. And if you have some, if you have a link or something, I can add that onto the podcast as well. Okay, sure. Okay. Well, Christine... Yes. I sure appreciate your time. It is always a pleasure to, to visit with you. <laughs> it is a pleasure to visit with you too, Maurice. I know one thing leads to another and it's easy to, uh, to talk a long time together, isn't it? <laughs> it, 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 it is. And, and, and that's what I love. When you, have, when you have good folks like you, it, is, it makes it a pleasure not to only converse, but especially to laugh. Well, again, thank, thank you. you.